0: Artist James Melinda works with fine metals, including gold and silver. And there's some lovely geographical serendipity involved in where he lives in Susquehanna County. You're pretty far up there, aren't you, in the county? Are you up top?
1: You got that right, Erica. We're about 10 minutes from the New York border. Uh, We're in what's called the Endless Mountains, as a matter of fact. I don't know if you've ever driven up 81 and seen a sign that says, um, next six exits. Endless mountains, which I think is kind of kind of ironic, because if they're endless, they you know they should go on forever. But anyway, that's where we are.
0: Ironically, not far from Silver Lake. That's that's true,
1: and we're in Silver Lake Township. I live on what's called Pop's Hobby Lake. It's a little man-made lake, about 20 acres in size, and no motorboats, uh, only uh, canoes and, and kayaks and rowboats. So it's it's nice and peaceful and quiet
0: artist james Melinda lives in silver lake township as he tells us where he works with precious and non-precious metals and creates enamel jewelry and sculpture and he is one of 22 artists in 15 different locations throughout susquehanna county the weekend of october 8th 9th and 10th taking part in the 26th annual artists open house tour and we are invited to visit painters, photographers, ceramic artists, textile artists, even a builder of dry-laid field stone walls. And we had a chance to speak by phone with James Melinda. And we began by asking how living in Susquehanna County affects his work.
1: The color affects me now that the, the fall is coming and the, the leaves are changing and it's getting a little chilly outside. All of you know all of that affects me. I I believe. But this summer I had an experience. Now that you mention this or or ask the question, my wife and I were uh, in our kayaks uh, around the lake, just kind of paddling around. And they cut the dam. The the lake has a dam. And they they knocked down the weeds. And we asked them not to knock the weeds down on on our section because ducks live there. And as I'm going by, I'm looking at these textures, and I'm saying, geez, they should just let the whole thing grow. They're so beautiful. You know, They're soft. That they have a surface to them, the colors, the shades, uh, the values that are happening. They're so much more interesting than just cutting them everything down and looking at green grass. So I, you know, texture, whether I use it or not, is something that uh, I think affects my work. I, you know, to use something sometimes just because you know about it, you don't use it. There's a lot of editing that goes on when you're making art as well.
0: There may be more opportunities for people to see artists working on plein air canvases outside or artists taking photographs. But we don't get to see metal work or the enamel work that you do. So when we are invited on this tour, we can stop off and see some of the remarkable ways that you are able to do what you do. Your studio is so organized. Everything's in its own place. But when we come for a visit, what do we see?
1: Well, you'll see a clean studio. Again, it's it's organized. But I have to keep it that way, or else I won't be able to find anything. Speaking of what you'll see, if you come on uh, on Monday, the tenth of October, I'll be doing a demonstration on hydraulic die forming, which is it's a it's a fancy term for using a press to make uh, metal designs.
0: An example,
1: the spectacle pieces. Those pieces, uh, it's hard to explain over over the uh, the radio or over the phone, but they're done with a hydraulic press. If if well, I take plexiglass, and I carve plexiglass, like I carved the lips and the teeth out of plexiglass. And I take a piece of annealed metal, which means the metal has been softened. And I have this, this uh, I don't want to call it a machine, it's a jack, essentially, is what it is. And it's like a printing press, but instead of a press that goes down on the surface of the plate and the paper, this jack goes up, and you have a like a lid or a ceiling to it. And so... You put down the plexiglass with a carved image, or it could be a pierced image as well, put your annealed metal on top of that, and then you stack it with rubber. And then you jack this hydraulic jack up, and it comes in contact with the roof or the ceiling, and that presses the, the rubber down onto the metal, which presses it onto the, uh, uh, onto the plexiglass form. So this allows you to make the same piece over and over, multiple pieces. So when you when you look at those spectacle pieces, you see there's six lenses there, but they're all the same lens, done with the same technique in the same form.
0: And yet the coloring of the enamel you use on each of those pince glasses makes them distinctive and have a completely different tone. What attracts you to the notion of adornment? You make jewelry and whimsical sets of eyeglasses, and yet in the past we've talked to you about your series of Stations of the Cross.
1: Um, I think it's, it's, I never thought I would ever be able to work with these materials. It never occurred to me to be working with, with precious stones, enamel, gold and silver, and I guess when I discovered it, it was in undergraduate school, I just kind of fell in love with it. And it's just nice stuff to work with. Intrinsically, it's, it's pretty interesting.
0: It was actually the medium itself that grabbed you.
1: Well, yeah. And the, uh, I, I know I talked last time about monument, uh, monumentality. And metal pieces, for the most part, aren't really, really large. But you can get that sense of, of monumentality in a, in a small piece as well. And I was attracted to that.
0: And also then you've been exploring the potential of the various media, the mediums that you work with, and stretching them and pushing them beyond what we yeah. m- might normally expect.
1: Yeah, yeah I think that, that's a good way of adding to, to what I said, yeah, um, and not trying to use them in the traditional way.
0: We have the brochure here for the artist's tour this year, and there's a photo of a piece of yours that is intriguing. You use enamel. There's a wheel that almost has the sense of a cosmic wheel. There's a rod not through the center but through the upper part, a gold chain that goes over a gear, and that is attached to a complex metal form that seems to affix it to the wall. If we just see that image, we say, what, what is that?
1: Well, that's my 10th station, and that's the, the, the final station of my 14-series station. And that, that's the station, well, the tenth station is when uh, Jesus is stripped of his garments.
0: And you have told us that you're exploring the notion of those monumental, we'll use that word again, mythical traditions, certain senses of death, resurrection, those sorts of things, beyond dogma.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to continue with with this idea of, well, I don't know if you call it religious or Christian or... I guess, just moral attitudes. Since I finished the, uh, the stations of the series of 14, I'm working on a piece currently. It's called The Good Samaritan. And again, I think it's because of the, the value within these, these parables. You know, it's not so much, again, the religion or the, the religiosity that I'm after. It's the, uh, what, what, what's the story that's being told or the lesson that's, that's being learned? And the pieces I'm working on now, they're wall pieces, and they're two pieces— and I guess they symbolize the good Samaritan and the and the person who was uh, who was robbed and beaten, and I hope to have this this kind of dialogue, sympathetic dialogue between the two, when they're mounted to the wall, and you have this interaction between the two the two shapes the two forms, and they'll use the same materials as I have been in my work for for most of the time: enamel, uh, copper, probably silver and gold foil. But as you pointed out, you know it's not using enamel in the way that most people see enamel. You know, it's not like a Fabergé egg. It's not like a precious piece of jewelry. its I hope it's something else.
0: You talked about the dialogue. If you have those forms on the wall, the way you array them and the way each one is constructed, you have a way of drawing us into that conversation.
1: I hope so. I mean, you know, that—that that is my intent. When I first started doing the stations... That was my attempt to challenge the space that the, the viewer was, was looking at, looking into. And one of the first ones that I did was "Prices is Taken Down from the Cross. I think that's uh, the 13th. And all of the action on that piece happens close to the floor. So the, the enamel, all of the color, is down maybe, uh, maybe a foot off of the floor. And there's sort of this Gothic arch that supports everything that stands six foot high or, or above that, against uh, the wall. So the space, the space is, is certainly a strong concern for me too, I, I, and I like dealing with, with space in, in different ways.
0: Talk to us about a piece that was just acquired by the Houston Museum of Fine Arts.
1: Yes, that's the, uh, the fourth station. That's Jesus Meets His Mother, and it, it's all, all happening through the Enamel Arts Foundation. They have a number of my pieces. They're placing them in these, uh, in these collections. Your listeners might be interested in checking out their uh, their website. I just Google the Enamel Arts Foundation. You'll see some beautiful work there.
0: How does it feel to break up the set? What does that mean to you as the creator of the pieces?
1: Yeah, it it, it means uh, yeah it it means a lot. It would be nice if at some point they could all come together, but it's too late for that now. It's just not going to happen. It's taken me so long to make these that uh, they just kind of got away from me. People were interested in them, and so I, you know, I've sold a few. And if someone at some point, probably not in my lifetime, were able to get these together and, and put them all up, that would be wonderful. I would, I'd, I'd really like to see that, but uh, it's not going to happen. But, you know, something that will happen at the artist tour that I, I haven't done, but I will do for the first time, we talked last time about my Loud pieces, the St. Loud pieces, the Reliquaries.
0: Yes, it's quite a story, Jim. In Ireland you hoped to see the special container where the saint's relics were kept, his heart actually. And when you got there, you, you learned the heart had been stolen and the case was empty. So you got back home and set about creating reliquaries that wouldn't be empty.
1: And I'm going to sh- I'm going to show them together for the first time ever. They'll be on my wall along with some drawings that relate to the pieces. And so I'm actually looking forward to seeing these pieces, all three, in one place at one time. So if people come by, in addition to my hydraulic die-forming, they can see the three St. Loud reliquary pieces.
0: Let me ask you about the idea of a tour itself. Why do you decide to open up your studio? Why do you like taking part in the tour?
1: Well, I I think it's a good way to, to show people what metal, metal smithing and enameling is, is all about. I was a teacher for 40, 40 years before I, I retired. And I guess that's, you know, that's my life. That was a big part of my life. Teaching, I guess I realized this early in my career, I wasn't going to make a living off of making my art because it was just too time-consuming and uh, too involved and it would not pay off. So I took the teaching route and I've been very blessed uh, to be able to do that. And uh, I like teaching. I think I think that's why I do it. Well, I, and I can't stay out of my studio either. you know <laughs> uh, I just keep working.
0: Artist James Melenda of Silver Lake Township, where he works with precious and non-precious metals, creating enamel jewelry and sculpture. He's one of twenty two artists in fifteen different locations throughout the county, taking part in the twenty sixth annual Artists Open House tour. The weekend of October 8th, 9th, and 10th. We're invited to visit painters, textile artists, photographers, ceramic artists, even a builder of dry laid field stone walls. The hours are 10 to 5 each day. And for more information, Artiststour.com. Artiststour.com, their byline 22 in 2022. 22 artists taking part in the 26th annual Artists Open House Tour, October 8th, 9th, and 10th throughout Susquehanna County. The hours, 10 to 5 each day, and many of the artists will be demonstrating. For more information, ArtistsTour.com, ArtistsTour.com. You were tuned to Art Scene on WVIA, and we're told French composer Léo de Lieb received a commission for a ballet pantomime that was to be based on a story by E.T.A. Hoffmann, a great source for ballet tales, just need to think of the Nutcracker. The title evolved and became Coppelia, or The Girl with the Enamel Eyes. The doll doctor Coppelius is given an eye-opening lesson by Swan who pretends to be the doll with those enamel eyes. Well, having just spoken with an artist who works in enamel and also creates eyeglasses that delight and question us, we'll hear highlights from Coppelia now with L'Orchestre de la Suisse Romande under the direction of Richard Bonning on WVIA.